She looks remarkably like a, a woman I know that works for the Mental Health Trust, which is odd. Maybe they like to employ women in their late 40s, early 50s with uh, shoulder-length grey hair. She, like, you think they're homogenous? I do. Or homunculus. No, homunculus is a little, little, tiny, little human being. Yeah, they're all very tiny, like <laughs> morph. How tall is she? She's about, I'd say, 17 inches. Okay. Give or take. <laughs> That's why I switched into podcast mode. Is this podcast mode? Yeah, I wasn't very talkative before, but now I'm chatty. You really do switch it on. Yeah, I do. Such a charmer. It's a performance. I need to. I need to g myself up. So, uh, we're at James's uh, dinner table, dining table. I don't think it is a dining table at the moment. I think it's more of a crafts table. Well, no, we had dinner on it this evening. And then you took it over quickly to. I move, I move stuff on and I move stuff off again. I'm seeing, I'm seeing parts. Mm. I'm getting a, a a a vibe. It's kind of a lived-in science fiction universe vibe. That's right. Um, I'm I'm guessing Battlestar Galactica. That's correct. It's the modern era yeah, Battlestar mo- Galactica. Modern era. I'm looking around at it now. I need to. Uh, oh, there's the actual. Would you like to see it? I'll bring I'll yeah. bring it over. Here's the here's the main main body of the craft. That's lovely. Other oh, decals were a real pain in the ass. I've spent an hour getting them in. I'm still not happy with them. So what you get is you get plain plastic. Yes. In and it's okay. It's in the shapes. I can it tell is. from looking at it. There's sixty pieces <clears throat> to this model. And also, but you have to carve out the little bits of detail. These little. Lines. Yeah, oh yeah, you have to carve it all out yourself, just plain plastic. Right, okay. You have to carve out all of the detail. Reminds me of an old mad cartoon. Really? Yes, uh, where you get a block of wood mm. and some instructions. <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, and you have to whittle down to... Um, of course, the, the mad cartoon is basically just describing whittling, now that I well, think about yeah, it. Yeah, it was. So, um, Talking of, of mad, I um, started watching It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Oh. Today I fell asleep half an hour in. I get the feeling it's probably not as good I as memory, it. but well, you fell asleep. Uh, yeah, but then I'm, I haven't slept properly now in about four, four, four weeks. What do you reckon, Nicola? Four or five weeks since I last slept properly. So I am. Um, I'm started sleeping at really odd times. I seem to be catching like a couple of hours during the day now, which isn't good. I think I'm probably going on about. 15 years I should check my getting uh, about 3 or 4 hours a night I should check my <laughs> insomnia privilege shouldn't I? I well the thing is I'm not an insomniac I think we've probably talked about it before it's it's kind of willful because given mm. the chance I can yeah. sleep any time mm. like when we go uh, on a long journey I'll happily sleep in the car and given the opportunity I will have naps during the day and stuff like that but um, my problem is I don't I don't enjoy... I think it's largely what I'm getting up for. I think for the longest time, I've been a little bit down about mm. getting up for work specifically, having having literally just... Oh, great. So literally, I'm going to be getting up to get dressed and, and, and showered. I enjoy showers. Don't enjoy getting dressed. I'm going to have to do that. 
I'll get out of the bed. Get out of the bed. Get dressed. Neither of those things are things I enjoy. Right. And and my reward for doing these two yeah. things I don't like yeah. is that I have to work. All right. And and depending on where I'm at with mm. my particular job mm. and my workplace at that particular point, sometimes I'll look, I'll dread that less or more. Okay. But it generally means that I'm trying to cram so much in. My mm. brain's so buzzy mm. in the evenings. But it's not like... It's one of those things, if I went to bed, mm. I could probably sleep. It's just I choose not to go to bed. See, I don't think it's... I whereas think it's, I don't want to do anything, and I could happily sleep for 20 hours a day. Yeah. It's kind of why I'm making a model at the moment. It forces me to focus on something. Yeah. Is it working, though? Do you find it... No, I, I've, I've spent about six or seven hours on it today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really? Yeah, really. I, I, I enjoy it. It um, takes quite a long time. You're having to comp- paint the components before they go on and wait for them to dry, put a second coat on, gluing, waiting for that to go off so it's all... A- and the decals took me an hour. The decals, man. Oh, dear, they were difficult. And they're going to be hidden beneath, behind the... Um, Behind the landing the pods. Oh, right. Landing no, pods. Well, that's the engine in the inside oh, yeah. there. And then it's the landing pods that sit outside the um, the main craft, isn't it? Well, it's really the same design as the original, isn't it? I don't think I'd ever oh. really registered how similar it was. No, they're pretty much exactly the same. Because yeah. I really like... They are quite... I mean, they are quite similar. But the 1970s version is a really uh, classic... And, and very specific design, isn't yeah. it? So it's weird that this one's so similar, but actually still looks kind of unique. The cat's doing something that's winding I'm up. sorry, I'm getting really confused. It looked like the cat was about to climb the bookcase, mm. which would have been a first. I've never seen him get up there, but they do like to be up high, don't they? Yes. He doesn't look big when he stretches himself out like that. The, uh, the reason they like to get up high is because at the point when the cat gets to mm. peak height, yeah. the uh, bacteria... Uh, the the virus and the spores that are living mm. inside it yep. are activated. The cat explodes mm. and spreads its spores. That's what he's trying to do. Do you think he was trying to activate himself earlier when I was trying to watch It's a Mad, 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 Mad World? Occasionally he'd jump up on me and start using me as some sort of um, kneading cushion. Probably, yeah. yeah it's quite painful. The, uh, he's definitely trying to get in somewhere, isn't he? He's, sort of, he's in our living room now looking at the... I think he's trying to get inside the television cabinet. Um, there's some very popular, in terms of how many places I've heard people talking about it, research. Uh, I don't think we've talked about it before. Uh, about It's kind of a school of scientific research on uh, parasitic, parasitic organisms mm. that change the behaviour of their host. Uh-huh. And one of the main ones is there's there's this... A general impression, and it's kind of a stereotype about the cat lady, and ah, yes, and people uh, people tend to link mm-hmm. uh, usually women, but mm. uh, but people who have lots of cats yeah. with mental illness. Yes, they think that it's a mm-hmm. it's a certain sort of a person who's got a certain mm. sort of a mental health issue that that makes them more prone to... And like hoarding and stuff. But actually, they're starting to think that it might be the other way around. I heard this the other day on the uh, popular podcast, Tell Em Steve Dave. Mm. The same thing, because one of the hosts there has several cats. It's been, uh, and also has depressive illness. 
it's um it's the idea and i i love it mm-hmm. uh that uh, there's actually a parasite that lives it's not even cats it's a parasite that lives mm. inside cats yeah. or cat feces or something that it, because it's spread by cat feces mm. it wants you to have more it wants there to be more cats around so okay. it infects humans with the desire to have more cats around something like that anyway i don't want any more cats no, I don't think everyone. I don't think every cat's got it. I don't think it lives right. in every cat. Okay, it's uh, just a select few. Interestingly, although this is quite a recent thing that yeah. people are talking about, one of the first Swamp Thing comics mm. I read, and I'm not, I'm not actually, I don't think it was an Alan Moore issue. It might have been one that's post Alan Moore. Okay, uh, it was a an annual that had Batman in it. And it was all about this infection that was going through Gotham. Mm-hmm. Um, that were these spores that got into people that made them climb to the highest point or get to the highest point. Mm. At which point, exactly the scenario I, I described uh, about your cat, and obviously Swamp Thing gets involved because it's kind of a plant yeah. organism thing, uh, which was a really long time ago. And I never, I, at the time, I thought that's really imaginative, but uh, I suspect that they just had heard early early versions of this research that's doing almost the rounds at the moment almost certainly it's too too much of a coincidence possibly isn't it either that or the the writer of that story manufactured manufactured the spores that the cats now carry yeah maybe he may have because it's possible isn't it you know if he was young and you've changed careers study become like a, a you know a biologist or something and then then you go mad so you obviously you become after you get your you become a professor and then then you create. Oh, I had a good idea in that um, in that story I wrote. I'll do that, but with cats because they're less likely to tell. In your universe, are all professors mad? Do you have to become mad to become? No, a I, I think no, no, no. I think becoming a professor makes you mad. Your neighbours are very noisy. To the power thing. Well, he likes to come in and go out again. Damn it! Oh, our our neighbours are always doing that as well. He's nice. I like him. He, he sounds build, nice. He's building a motorbike. I think I saw him doing it. Yeah. I wish I could build a motorbike. You got really upset by him building the motorbike outside. I, d- I didn't. You did. You, you you tried to. I saw you had a gun and you were going to use it. And, it <laughs> and a only, knife and a candlestick. Yeah. And I had to, and I had to, I had to, car, I had to talk you down. That's true. For a loud hailer. You do quite often have to uh, uh, talk me down. That's why I always have a loud halo with me, just in case. Uh, speaking of uh, versions of me that, that aren't how I see myself, but are apparently how other people see me, yep. um, I have apparently become a Maxi Barnard shorthand for old people who so are grumpy at young people. So I hear. Uh, on uh, the, it's a new podcast. I know you haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, because the first episode is really long. Yeah, but I, I've got so little time <clears throat> on my hands. Yeah, it's uh, it's called the the show. It uh, the precursor to it was Tim and Max explain everything about popular culture or something like that. How did they get on with that? Did they explain everything or did they? Yeah, stop they short? did it really quickly yeah. in about uh, five or six episodes, I think. Succinct. Which apparently was three three years ago or something no, ridiculous like that. No. That's what it said. That's what they no. said. And uh, and so they started a new one. Like that, it? It's probably a year and a half ago. Yeah. Oh, it feels like three years. The the title is really long, and it's something like Tim and Max uh, 
examine themselves through the medium of uh, discussions about pop culture. That's not the name of it, but it's something like that. Isn't it called Two Young Men? Yeah, that's exactly what it's called. I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah. I've got a sneaking suspicion, uh, as well as being the person they talk to. Right, so here's the thing. Mm. This might be based on jokes I have made, but isn't isn't really reflective Mm. of how I really feel. Uh, They have a, a moment where they're talking about getting nostalgic... Mm-hmm. And then for what ten minutes ago? Yeah. Oh, do you remember ten minutes ago? Oh. And uh, and then they said, and then they mm. say, of course, a few of the older people listening, mm. uh, probably you know, when they hear guys like guys our age saying that, then like, like you just did, basically, yeah. they're like, what have you got to be nostalgic about? Yeah. And then uh, at some point shortly after, uh, Max uh, drops my name yeah. into the mix, uh, but I don't think I. Now, did he, did he call you by your full name? And did, how, yeah, he did. How, how did he get on with the surname? I think he got through all of it, but Tim kind of talked over that bit, so I... To be fair, I mean, that would have been, that would have been a good It was half. about 5 to 20. I think that's why the episode's yeah, so long. Yeah, that would have been half the episode on its own. Um, it's... Uh, oh, he also... Uh, Max also does a lovely thing where he says, but these are the, th- these are the things that we grew up with, and, uh, uh, like... You know, those guys had Thundercats and stuff like that, and I listened to that and I thought, oh, that's nice, because I was already too old for formative I, experiences I, by the time Thundercats when came it out. started, I was just about still young enough to watch it. But like you, I, I have much fonder memories of Battle of the Planets. Hmm. I watched it. Do you think Do you think that's what, I don't know if we've spoken about this before, do you think that's what made, because um, obviously the audience that grew up with Battle of the Planets were a more mature audience, obviously, by the time the early 90s came around. Or sort of late eighties, early nineties, when manga first started, or, or anime as it is now, but we all called it manga at the time. Do you think that made us more receptive? Because obviously, it has that that anime manga look. Do you think that made a more receptive audience for it in the sort of late eighties, early nineties? Well, I think that was the first. That was probably the first thing that made it over here. Yeah, but nearly everything, because uh, there's. Uh, Something I always found strange is there seems to be a huge cultural crossover between Japan and France. I definitely think that um, that was when that was one of the first proper Japanese imports, wasn't it? Yeah, probably. And um, the only one I remember. I remember that in Tarzan, but that wasn't a Japanese import. There's probably people in roughly our age group who started bringing over, who started discovering. And bringing over films like Akira and uh, Ghost in the Shell. It's all very Gen X stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe a little bit older than us. So people who are old enough... Because the thing is, I think the thing... I, I don't think we realised that Battle of the Planets was Japanese. No, it, it was just a different aesthetic. No, I knew, what, I knew even as a kid it was foreign. So there was stuff where, you know, obviously lip sync in animation hmm. isn't always perfect. But there were times where it was so off... But it was obvious that, or that you know, they were laughing at stuff that clearly wasn't in the slightest bit funny. I didn't even register that. I yeah. think that's just the world I occupy. I quite yeah. often assume uh, assume that that I just don't didn't get what was funny about the thing. So it's. Um, I used to enjoy. Uh, I used to enjoy running around the uh, the schoolyard with my parka done up around the top. Just didn't have my arms in it and had it done up the top button, running around. Playing Battle of the Planets because obviously Parker's made for very good cloaks. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Funny, even then I was tiny. Yeah, 
You mean you were very small? No, like I mean I, was, now. I mean I was the fat character, but I was I was tall and, and thin as a as a as a child. Oh, tiny in Battle of the Planets. That's right. Yeah, the the uh, corpulent <clears throat> character. I always liked Keop. Yes, he was the little one, the funny one. Yeah, isn't that funny? Mm. The, the little funny one who was a bit weird. And the R two D two knockoff with a giant beard. Yeah, the uh, the, the I I maybe didn't realise it was it was uh, an anime thing. But I definitely, when Thundercats came around, and Dungeons and Dragons, which I think was a bit earlier and was probably more, yeah, I preferred that. something that I. I think we were just aging out of the Thundercats. No, Dungeons thing. and Dragons was better than Thundercats. I mean, it, it was. It's a more compelling story. It's yes. some monkeys about cats lost in space. But anyway, so in both of those cases, I was very conscious that the opening sequence mm. looked like things like Battle of the Planets. Yeah, yeah. But all of the rest of the animation just wasn't quite. Mm. up to scratch and sure. as I got older I maybe understood mm. I think I, I actually thought that the opening sequence was done by maybe Japanese animators and the rest of it was just mm. done by some rubbish heads and now it's all done in South Korea so who's, yeah, yeah. Had, who's had the last laugh there Mattel I Al- think almost certainly <laughs> um, but yes yeah, so they talk they talk a lot about stuff like that they talk about a bunch of children's TV I didn't really understand but also a lot about Sesame Street's Sesame Street, and you would not believe how much Timothy Swan mm. and Max Barnard know about both Thomas the Tank Engine and the Jerry Anderson, the Super Mario Nation world of... I didn't even know there was continuity in those no, programs. No, 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 or cared. But that's more our age group. Yeah. That's more our era, I definitely. Love, I love them, though, but... And then there was the the mid eighties uh, Thunderbirds revival as well. We kind of had it twice, didn't we? Remember Joe Knighty on a on a Sunday? That was a creepy show. It was, yeah, very. I loved creepy. it though. It's my favourite of all. Yeah, of them. I think I think he was. Um, yeah, I imagine if he was around now, there'd probably be like court cases and stuff. Joss Whedon remade it as Dollhouse. No. Yeah, it's basically the same story. I haven't seen Doll's House. Would that be funny if I'd seen Doll's House? Probably it's basically the same story. Yeah. The only difference is it's uh, a hot a hot lady who mm. uh, who gets uh, hired by the company, mm. hires them out, and they get brain implants, but they don't have any personality until they get it put in them. Uh, and and I think it starts to malfunction in her, and she starts to remember stuff. But of course, because it's a hot lady, I think in the first job she does, mm. someone hires her as. Um, as like a perfect weekend romance date person, mm. which is a little bit sketchy. So it's basically a complicated prostitute. She, um, I, I get hot as well. I'm not sure if it's my medication, but I get I get very hot very quickly. I sweat. It's embarrassing. Maybe that's the same thing for her. Maybe it's some sort of um, she. Because I'm going to ask my doctor. I see her next week, and I'm going to I'm going to ask her about that. She did sweat quite a lot in the program. She's hot. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so I'll put a link to their first episode in the show notes. It is very long, but it's very worth listening to, and not just because they, they talk about me. And uh, and at one point, Tim refers to a parenting podcast. He said, all of the parenting podcasts I listen to. And then he said, well, the one I listen to. I'm assuming he's talking about this. Probably not. Anyway, so... I learned, I learned talking about parenting, I learned, uh, learned an invaluable lesson at the weekend... Um, our daughter has uh, got to the age now where she calls me out on hypocrisy. She's she's 13? 
Yeah, not not directly. Oh. She didn't say, you're a hypocrite, I hate you. All right. She called me out on what she perceived to be an inconsistency. Um, a little while ago, a friend had come round, and they played, and they made an awful mess. Uh-huh. And Scarlett was kicking off about having to clean. And I said, well, you know, part of being a good host is, you know, you clean up after your guests have gone. You don't expect necessarily your guests to clear up with you. Obviously, I think a good guest will at least make an effort, but, you know. Didn't say I that to didn't her. say that to her, no, because I don't want her throwing that back in my face next time that guest comes round. Because, you know, I, all the time I'm thinking about what potential embarrassment could what and telling my child cause me in the future. And that's, okay. that's how I parent. No, it's fair. Through anxiety. It's the best way, as yeah. far as I can gather. So we were around um, our friend's house on Saturday night, which was, um, given my current state of mind, Nicola almost had to drag me out of the house with my fingernails scratching grooves into the floorboards, but it ended up being a very, um, very pleasant evening indeed. The two friends went to see are actually really good, really good pick me up company. But um, they've got a uh, a child who's a year and a half, uh, about the same. They're, they're born within a few weeks of Noah. I think I've met them. Yeah, you have. Yeah, and um, they she was playing with some of some of their child's toys, and it was getting a bit much. So I said to her, if we take anything else out, can you tidy a few of the bits away? She turned around to me and she said, but you said, when you're a guest, you don't have to tidy things away. Yeah, you see, that's that's difficult because yeah. actually the rules, the not the rules, what, what you did was you led with rules that are actually kind of complicated yeah. and don't always match up mm. with each other. Whereas what you were trying to do deep down, probably, you were trying to instill mm. a certain value yeah. in her, which is, you know, it's just nice to tidy up and not to be yeah. a burden yeah, on, yeah. on the people around yeah. you. Yeah. Um, and, and, and not to be too much of, a, of, a, of an arse about it, yeah. which is, in, seems like a much mm. simpler yeah. value than the whole mm. set of rules. But, of course, the child just wouldn't understand that, so you so, have to go with rules. And so then... it's after that I had to rock the old, well, a good guest. Yeah, oh, no. Yeah. But you seen she's going to remember that, though. Yeah, I know. I've, I've so you've tangled completely... yourself up. Well, no, the thing is, right... Stitch way... yourself up like a kipper. The, the, way I, the way I look at it, though, is she's only ever going to be tidying up after her friend leaves. Right. So I'm hoping that, like, we see them, like, maybe once a month, once every couple of months... So I'm hoping that like she'll forget. It's really unlikely that she's going to tell that guest mm. while they're there. Look, you need to tidy up because a good guest yeah. tidies up, and you didn't last time. She's got her you um, prick. She, she, she's um, <laughs> she's got her first dinner date this Friday. Has she? Yeah, a date. Yeah. Are you she, sure about this? Yeah. Seems a bit early. She's um, she's off to see her uh, her closest male friend Daniel. Oh. Uh, around his house and they're having dinner together didn't see the one i'd heard about no but and also william she's fond of there's a number of young men in her life blimey yeah she does all right so how how are you james i mean i'm not asking because i'm not asking because i think the podcast is it's just uh wants to know it's just that amy asked me and i realized i hadn't talked to you properly in about a week i've been better i've been very low recently Yeah. yeah um Still off work. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I'm i feeling about 2015 so far, mm. although Amy and I have some very big, exciting things on the horizon because there's the mm. house 
and there's a baby coming very soon. But there's that there's that proverb. I think it's Korean. Might be probably Japanese. South Korean. They made it up while they're doing all that animation. Might be Japanese. I don't know. Uh, it's Chinese. I think there's a Chinese uh, curse. Uh, may you live in interesting times. I I know and I use it. Yeah, I, yeah. I like that one very much. I like it very much. Uh, at the moment, I could do with things being a bit more boring. Mm. We've had uh, fa- uh, family issues, not family issues, family uh, health issues, uh, which are um, quite stressful. But obviously, for, for because it's not our issue specifically, yeah. I can't go into which are preying quite heavily on us. And the house stuff is all... There's lots of odd stuff. So I'm I'm having to deal with labourers, which isn't a thing I've had to do before because our fence came down. Mm. We've been in our house for about five years, mm. and during that time, uh, fences on either side of ours yeah. have come down, mm. but ours never have. And now when we're three or four weeks away from moving out yeah. and selling up, Wow, uh, that close. Yeah, Crikey. really, really soon. The uh, fences have uh, come down. Um, so there's that. And we've both been very... Uh, Amy and I have both been very ill, which is leaving me quite... I uh, When I turned up here, mm. obviously I did... Uh, I was very sullen. Full of fucking woe, I tell you. It's the last it's thing not, you want. If you're I'm suffering not, depression, the last thing not, you want is you turning what, up on your you doorstep. See, it's just, it's not, I'm not sad. I'm just really low energy. And part of the reason I'm really low energy is because I've basically shat out all my nutrients. You, yeah, that's every a, every that's single a, nutrient is gone. Your, uh, it's taking your precious fluids. Yeah, I yeah. and uh, and more besides. Yeah, you uh, you resembled very much. Do you remember the uh, the raggy dolls? Because you, uh, you resembled sad sack. Mm. From the the raggy dolls, very much, and I thought, well, no, there's only room for one sad sack in this flat, mate. No, don't you come, don't you come moping over my uh, the world, territory. The world, the universe is plenty miserable enough for That's the service. But the um, the, the, for me at the moment, it's very obviously. I talked a little bit the uh, last week, and we'll probably talk a bit about in the future about uh, the idea of the new normal and feeling very dra- drained. Mm. and stretched uh but at the moment it's it it for me it's very much a health thing mm-hmm. in that i feel like i've had a cold forever mm. certainly i've had a cold i haven't been healthy since mm. uh thought bubble which was in november that's a long time ago and so i'm very much well maybe i should stop worrying about when my nose is going to stop feeling blocked maybe it's just always going to feel blocked mm. and at the same time um amy and i had very this is the thing it's normally your job, James, to on the podcast mm. to go on about how great your wife is, right? And I'm normally a little bit more sardonic. You want to talk about how great my wife is, but she's uh, only sat over there, so that's a bonus. That would be really good for her ego. But uh, basically, at the moment, Amy's very heavily pregnant. Uh, we're due in March, so she's very big, and she's. Um, She's having a few more issues this time because she's also running uh, running around after a toddler. So mm. she's got uh, her back's been giving her a bit of grief today, and and she had quite a bad stomach on Friday and stuff like that. And I've had really a really bad cold symptoms, which mm. took me out of action for a couple of days. Uh, Noah's not been very well. She wasn't very well for a little bit during that. Both she and I had a really bad. Um, 
she got it a lot worse than me sickness and mm-hmm. sickness bug mm. um and pretty much all of the house stuff in terms of buying the new house and selling the mm-hmm. house she's chasing up all of the doing pretty much ev- yeah. everything on that side because she's at home more than i am mm-hmm. so she's making more of the phone calls and stuff like that um, and it's quite amazing that she's managing it it was her 31st birthday uh yesterday on on monday mm-hmm. and we went away for the weekend it wasn't uh because last year it was my treat to her we went away but this year we had to do things on a smaller scale so it was like out of our joint mm. funds but she arranged most of it and so we left Noah with her parents and we went to a nice hotel near mm-hmm. near where they are we like a swimming pool so it was quite a nice it was an odd hotel i think it was supposed to be a posh hotel but it was just off a roundabout. Lucky she's already pregnant, eh? Because number three would be on the way. Yeah, otherwise. I know. I think you can stack them, can't you? I don't know. <sighs> Probably. Uh, in, a, in a backup womb. Yeah. The, um, the, uh, uh, <laughs> it, it's, it, it, I, I think, I think the intention is that it's quite a posh hotel or it was a decent star hotel, but it, it was also just off a roundabout. So it was one of those, I think it's meant as a really nice conference hotel. Hmm. Uh, so the hotel itself was okay. We had a nice big room. That was nice. The swimming pool was nice. The restaurant, if a bit small. Uh, and we had a nice three-course meal because it was part of a special deal. So it was all done yeah. relatively cheap. I mean, how big do you need the restaurant to be if you've got a table? Yeah, no, I mean, the table was... The restaurant was... Did I say the restaurant was really big? I thought no, I said no, it was nice. No, you said it was really small. No, the swimming pool was really small. Oh, right, yeah. Because small swimming pool is an inconvenience. Small restaurant's fine. Yes, you sounded almost like uh, when Oscar Wilde said it. Um, I believe Oscar Wilde once said, "A small, a small swimming pool is a is a bit of a pain. It's an inconvenience. <laughs> it's an inconvenience. But a small restaurant a delight for the soul." <laughs> um, and then he went to prison. Yeah, couldn't have just married some twenty-year-old in his time, could he? No, maybe he would have. It had solved a lot of his problems. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, the going to prison problems. His homosexuality wasn't a problem. That's good. Yeah, all right. Social justice warrior. Isn't that funny? Because I only just found out today what S, uh, SJW means. What did you think it stood for? I didn't care. <laughs> it's a thing. But uh, John Hodgman was going off on one about something or other and kept talking about SJWs. I thought, well, it's, it's about time I um, I looked it up. And I looked now it that up. George Hod- John Hodgman's involved... When all those women were talking about it and getting upset and stuff, you didn't care. But now that I didn't... one of your lot... Oh, no. Go on. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, well, it's a, you know, middle-class white man started saying it. And I'm like, oh, it's something I ought to pay attention to, clearly. Because um, it's uh, at the usual for in the rant. He's normally doesn't normally do it. But it's about 15, 20 tweet. Um, yeah, he numbered each one, which yeah. I thought was quite sweet. Rage he went off on, uh, but yeah, I, I, you see, I, yeah, it's not nice thing to call someone, is it? Really, I don't think he did it on purpose. Well, it's probably yeah. a badge of pride if that's what you. I mean, it doesn't social justice warrior. If you believe in social yeah. justice, it isn't a bad thing to be called, is it? No, but the definition of it though is you don't really know what you're talking about. You're just jumping in, yeah, ignorantly for the sake of jumping in. I at this point just assume nobody knows what they're talking about on well, on any side of anything. I got I, to be fair. I mean, you, every time I open my mouth, it probably it's safe to assume I don't want. Do you know? I I've decided today that um, 
that the a faster than light travel is almost certainly impossible. They um they they found out that the these five planets that sit in the Goldilocks zone, um but right at the beginning of they would have been some of the first solar systems to have been created, and they 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 suggest that all five of these planets potentially could sit inside um, the the golden zone for uh, for life. Especially so, our sort of life. Yeah, so presumably, you know, it's that much older than our own solar system that they had time to develop technology and so forth. They come visited us. So clearly, clearly there are no aliens. They might have come and visited us already. No, I've already used logic, so... We might not have been no, aware I, of it. I've just... I've done logic, so it doesn't... No. Bearing in mind most people don't know what was happening five years ago... There was an election and my daughter was born. Okay, most people don't know what was happening. Anyway, so John Hodgman's because of the na- because of the nature of Twitter, mm. uh, I read that almost completely backwards, even though uh, it was numbered yeah. from <laughs> for convenience. It was more fun that way, wasn't it? Well, yeah, I uh, I, I think I have was... to say the person he named it was all quite amicable between them. They were sort of being quite polite to each other. Well, it was very difficult to see. I think John Hodgman was coming down on the side of maybe people need to communicate with each other a bit better. You know, I'm glad you said that, because I didn't know what he was going on about. So it's ironic <clears throat> that that was his point. Well, and the part, part of the problem with it was uh, he said a bunch of things that, mm. and I don't think he did it on purpose. I don't think he was being a craftsman with words. Yeah. He said a bunch of things that it would be very easy for either side of this particular debate, left or right, yeah. To take out of context and get really angry of him, so I feel a bit bad for John Hodgman because right. I think he was trying to be reasonable about the whole yeah. thing. But I get the feeling he will have said stuff that's wound everyone up. Twitter really isn't the place for that sort of long <sighs> well, diatribe. There was a, a really a blog. It goes over three. Write a blog. There was a really interesting, uh, a really good uh, talk by Lee Alexander uh, that was doing the rounds. Who's a games critic? Mm-hmm. Um, who's Ended up being involved, getting involved with a lot of the Gamergate uh, stuff just by dint of uh, being female and writing about games. She was already kind of the target for a Mm -hmm. lot of this culture war stuff. Uh, But her talk, the talk she did, really only very very tangentially refers to women in games Mm. and female characters in games. It talks a little bit about... How how scary the culture has kind of, or how um, uncomfortable the culture has kind of become. Mm. But the the lion's share of the talk is about uh, culture, uh, the, the corporate culture, basically allowing uh, having a medium that is uh, uh, allowing corporate culture to completely. Mm-hmm decide everything in a medium. I'm not making the point particularly well. She talked a lot about 90s music and and Ooh. basically bands like, uh, a lot of bands like Nirvana um, and Pearl Jam who actively, that she was into because that, that was her uh, her time as a teenager, mm. I think, her formative time. Um, the, 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 the bands then and the kind of movement then was very anti-corporate yeah. culture. And so there are like stories of how Axl Rose really liked, like Guns N' Roses really liked Nirvana, and Axl Rose wanted them to play at his birthday and wanted them to tour. Mm. But Nirvana were like, 
Mm. Screw that, your corporate shills at this point. Well, it's a bit like the slacker culture, I got, mm. which I, I got very much caught up in. Yeah, and, um, and, and, and the core of her argument, the core of what she was saying, I mean, it wasn't really an argument, it was just a really, really good talk, um, is, was very, very similar to... It is kind of very similar to what I end up saying about comics quite a lot when mm. we uh, when we've talked about them more on Momcast because there haven't been any really major issues that we've mm-hmm. got involved in on uh, on 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 we have uh, issues so far, which is uh, ironic given yeah the, given the name. Yeah. Um, but but that that whenever a company does something weird or wrong mm. or just dis- or makes a big decision, everyone piles in on on one side or another, and it's mm. like. Marvel, Marvel. The point that she makes over and over again about video game companies mm. or Microsoft or whatever, and that I have made about Marvel and DC and also Image is these companies do not need people to mm-hmm. uh, defend them. the The idea that we as consumers mm. have to pile in and defend the mm. d- defend the right to not be criticised mm. for corporations like uh, for for corporations that are producing media is kind of crazy because like a mature medium can yeah. do all sorts of interesting things there's room for a counterculture within a large enough medium do you know it's funny you talk about the nature of social uh, social media and how um I guess you weren't directly alluding to how issues sort of blow up suddenly and people mm. then sort of take sides I was listening to um, a show this morning um, on Radio 4 and it was talking about, it's looking ahead to to the um, to next election and, and how public opinion will shape it and how um, methods of um, the public expressing their opinions has changed. And I hate to say it, but Tony Blair, he made some good points. Wow. Um, he he was talking about politicians... Was he chewing on a baby's head at the time? He, he wasn't, no. And... <laughs> I think, I think this is what he yeah anyway um, I really I don't want to go into a wider point about him he was an arsehole and that's all there is to it he was making some good points about at the moment we've got a political class that seem to react with the herd if you like you know so uh, they, they they go into sort of damage control very quickly and it's, and it's because politicians haven't learned how to react correctly to social media mm. and no one really has it's, it's a really new way of communicating i don't think any of us it's not mature yet none of us really know how to pass it properly and to 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 either not be swept away by the latest outrage or to mm. you know it's it's a very it's, it's a burgeoning communicative um thing medium that's it i didn't want to say technology medium, i didn't want to say medium. technology though. is technology medium technology it's not medium, a big one not a large technology no. not a small no by no means a small technology even though mm. there's only a certain limited number uh, of characters game gate i think is it a really good example of how sort of something quite ugly and pernicious sort of blew up isn't it in a really sort of strange way because of people taking taking meaning from from parts of it here and there and the the problem twisting it and the problem with uh, does that make me sound like I'm pro gamergate? I'm really not. No, no, no. It, it makes you sound like earlier today you didn't know what SJW stood for. No, I don't. I don't. I didn't care. <laughs> but the, uh, but the, the problem the problem with uh, the problem with describing gamergate that way is that there seems to be quite a lot of evidence to suggest that 
an awful lot of an awful lot of it is engineered an awful lot of the outrage is actually mm. it is it is people who very much understand that uh that to get certain Oh, no, no. There's responses a def- you can. There's a definite. Things. There's a definite agenda amongst a certain organoid, but they understand how it works. Yeah, yeah. There's a, and they're they're preying on the fact that an awful lot, an awful of, people lot of people don't. don't. And with politicians, though, they're kind Which of. Which is why politicians <coughs> need to be careful. Because there are people that can sort of nudge. You know, they haven't yet got to the point where they're able to be opinion formers on on um, on social media. They're opinion reactors. Kind of. But luckily, nobody cares for all of Anonymous's posturing. Mm. Nobody cares as much about politics as they do about video games or comics yeah, or, or or keeping women out of conversations and, yeah. and stuff like that. That's which is why uh, we've made Nicholas sit in the other room. Uh, yeah. So in mm. in in summary, uh, Tony Blair. Tony Blair a, is right. Basically. Tony Blair, a uh, powerful. Uh, white man yeah. made some very good points so anyway uh, lee alexander uh, d- uh did this talk and i'll put a link to it in the show notes but at the end of it there was a questions and answer question and answer session but lee alexander's talk was about how we don't have to always choose the dominant mainstream culture mm-hmm. effectively yeah um how once a medium becomes big enough mm-hmm. uh there, if you don't have a, a counterculture, then you're doing something wrong. If you mm. don't allow a counterculture, and if every time someone in a counterculture tries to talk, you're supposed to, it's supposed to be applauded, not stamped down. Yeah. A big part of Gamergate, and it gets it gets confused. I'm not. I, I don't think for unreasonable reasons, but it it, it because the counterculture in video games happens to be uh happens to be because it's a culture that's largely aimed at teenage mm. boys and uh and young white men so the counterculture by definition ends up ends up being uh female voices talking about female representation and stuff like that and so the reaction against that counterculture also is a reaction against women in that area and those two things it's very difficult anyone who says it's easy to extricate like to get those two things to separate them out is kind of fooling themselves i think it's it's at the the very least it's complicated it's not as straightforward as saying Mm. like well it's obviously not misogynistic or any of that stuff but at the, but she didn't really talk about Gamergate. She just talked about how it's good that there's a counterculture in video games now um, and how it should be applauded. And at the end, there were three uh, questions. Two of them were very... I wouldn't say that the guys talking were asking the questions were, were Gamergaters, but the questions were transparently using rhetoric that's from Gamergate understandably in one case it was a guy who english was his second language mm-hmm. and he was obviously a bit nervous as well because he was like she's a very confident speaker mm-hmm. he was in the audience and just asking a question raising his hand asking mm-hmm. a question so his question was a bit twitchy so it's possible that it wasn't just that there is no argument mm-hmm. to be made 
Proet, he was saying, well, so what are you saying that we should replace the culture and what do you feel about ethics and gaming and stuff like that? They were all buzzwords. Yeah. And she had a perfect answer for everything. He asked the question civilly. She responded charmingly mm. and civilly. The third question was similar. Um, and again, she handled it, I, I think, perfectly well. Mm-hmm. The people talked to her civilly. She responded civilly and intelligently which i kind of think is the point that john hodgman was getting at albeit in a very squeaky sort of i'm being very Mm. careful about what i'm saying sort of a way she's very confident i think she might have had these conversations before sure the way the the way lots of people have been sharing this this Mm. on the internet is she's talking for about half an hour or 40 minutes before this before these Mm -hmm. like two minutes at the end um, they're sharing it as you should hear how Lee, Lee Alexander like uh, slammed this gamergator at the at the end of her thing, and they focus on the guy whose English wasn't great. Right, and it's kind of like, well, no, she she didn't really slam him. Mm. There wasn't any conflict. Yeah. There wasn't any friction there mm. at all. There could have been, yeah, but like she handled it diplomatically. And so I kind of feel like, well, my sympathies definitely lie uh, with the sort of anti-Gamergate, especially in this area, my sympathies mm-hmm. definitely lie with the anti-Gamergate um, camp. Um, that, that, rhetor- that sort of taking the rhetorical stance, mm-hmm. saying you could, nearly every time you go to a piece of video that says, see how this person mm-hmm. Slams this person. It happened with the Rich Ioade interview with uh, the interview of Krishnan Guru, Guru Murphy and sure. Rich Ioade, and everyone was sharing it as like, look at this guy, this really cool guy, handle this idiot. And then you watch it, and it's like, well, Krishnan Guru Murphy's clearly having a fucking whale of the time. You know what I mean? It's it's he's obviously enjoying that this isn't just the same interview he yeah. gives like yeah two or three times a day sort of thing. Nearly every time you watch a video like that, it's shared in that BuzzFeedy way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, that's not the way the world is. Smart people communicate in smart ways and it doesn't need to be dressed up in you that way. You're saying ultimately what we've learned from social media then is all how to talk in link-baiting BuzzFeed language. You won't believe what I've learned about uh, from social media. The top seven things I don't give a monkey's about. <laughs> um the uh, interesting times. Seven's a funny number, isn't it, for a list? Why yeah. seven? I think it's just uh... arbitrary. Yeah, lists are rubbish, aren't they? No, I know they're very. I mean, they're very handy if you've got nothing else to write about. Um, uh, interesting times, other things, other reasons why I was a little bit drained and and confused by the time I got here. So anyway, hotel. We ate our food. It was very rich. Spent a lot of time pooing. Pooed an awful lot. Mm. Not particularly nice poo. Not your satisfying poos. You nasty to to the extent that like I was really I actually noticed when I had a satisfying poo again it was very strange. Um, lots of really great times with Noah and with uh, our nephews. Uh, that was really good. Our dog though, um, Anya, the older of the two dogs, isn't very well at the moment, and we aren't sure what's wrong with her. So she went to the vets today. So basically, I went to work today. Got home from work, had to clean poo out of dog poo this time, not Amy or my poo, out of the uh, back seat of the car 
in the in the dark, mm. uh, which was interesting, uh, and then eat dinner and then quickly come over here. So I'm just feeling a little bit like sixes mm. and sevens. Also, when I drove over here, I had to have the windows open. Obviously. And uh, I, I can't tell... You know, there's that... You, you're thinking... You'll, you'll be wanting to get that car valeted, I imagine, in well, the, and you're, the future. You're thinking... You're thinking, well, it smells okay. I can smell fabric cleaner. So obviously it doesn't smell of poo. And then you're thinking, but under that fabric, is there a slight Mm. tinge of just, can I just, in the back Mm. of my throat, can I just feel a little bit of dog poo Mm. in the back of my throat? It's a little bit unnerving. And the answer is almost certainly yes, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. She's an old bird as well, uh, Anya. So I do worry worry about that. Dog or bird, come on. She's a dog bird. She's a dog bird. (laughs) Um, she's graceful like a swan. This was supposed to be, uh, this episode was supposed to be the oh, length of a, a mug of coffee. Don't give me all this. It, you always, always, never. You going on about your bloody Gamergate obsession again. You going on about your best friend, Tony Blair. Very interesting documentary. <laughs> I forget the name of it, but it was, it's well worth a listen. Is it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not all Tony Blair. He just, I, I just thought he made an interesting point. In terms of how those in power react to um, public outcry. Also, uh, when I was getting in the car uh, yeah. to come over, as I was opening the window, oh, you've got a I though. totally smacked my hand on it. So all the way, all the way over here, I uh, I thought uh, it's right in your knuckle. That's painful. And it, and it was it was dark, so I couldn't tell if it was yeah. bleeding or not. I was just oh. like, oh no, it's fine. I'm probably okay driving. It's fine. Mm. Not a worry. Driving, tear-filled eyes. <laughs> Just crying, listening yeah. to Char- uh, Childish Gambino album, Enya. which is good. Not Enya. No, he's a young black rap actor, like Will Smith. Like Reggie Watts. Or, or Reggie Watts. I like yeah. Reggie Watts. I like Reggie Watts. If you're fucking, you're probably fucking. If you're not fucking, then you're probably not fucking. Mm. It's a really chunky song, that one. Oh, it's got fat beats. Seems... Uh, much less problematic than the album I'm going to be listening to in the car on the way home in a minute. I don't. Uh, I don't like, like listening to uh, music that challenges me. I like really. I like Dixieland jazz, and that's about it. <laughs> as long as it's not played by white dudes. Right. So uh, as as Benedict Cumberpatch would have it, coloured. Coloured. <laughs> Can't <laughs> believe he did that. That's brilliant. His his apology. His apology is seems very sincere. And oh, I'm sure it is. I it actually is quite lovely, but it is a bit of a gaff, and it's very embarrassing for him and very uncomfortable for a lot of his fans. I Do imagine. Do you think that's why the MP was talking about wanting less people from um, privileged backgrounds in the um, to be successful? Because um, that's what public school um, ingrains you with is this sort of air of superiority over the fuzzy wuzzies and stuff. I, I because think... public public school is all about is a system that was created to um, train young men to govern in an empire and it hasn't changed much since. So you have to have this air of superiority over the riffraff. So he can't help it. It's just his background. We should probably let him off. He's had a hard enough time with all of that money. I think that that particular term, mm. um, the use of the term coloured. Mm. Is what is one of those ones that is still is quite confusing for people who might otherwise be mm. quite well-meaning, and I say that particularly offensive when it's pluralized as well. I find. Yeah, but I um, I've 
and I say that I say that speaking from the point of view of having seen someone who was really twisting themselves up in knots, mm. trying to be progressive. This uh, chap I used to work with uh, was very well spoken, but uh, clearly over time I, I realised that this was clearly because he didn't want to sound like the rest of his family. And during one of the conversations in mm. which he was talking about how ignorant mm. the rest of his family yeah. was, he said that... God, some of my family, we got onto the subject of race and he'd said, God, some of my family still even call uh, coloured people black. And and I had to say to him, I kind of laughed because I thought he was joking and then I realised he wasn't. And I said, yeah, I, I, think, I think black people prefer black to coloured. Yeah. And he was like, really? He, and, and I think part of it is that... I think part of it is that it sounds benign because part of the problem when we talk about race is that you feel that addressing it directly it's coloured as euphemistic whereas we feel like if we're trying to be polite Mm. we feel like addressing it directly is Mm. somehow the problem that noticing that someone is black is Mm. the problem but the other thing is uh, the other thing I think is that people who are young enough who are old enough to remember that coloured used to be a term mm. that people used all the time uh, and who are on the periphery of all of these conversations probably find uh, the term people of colour mm. a little bit... It, it's confusing if you're mm. not engaging with it directly. Do you know what I mean? Because it, it felt... Well, they talk... They, that's the, in the, they talked about people of colour on the Cosby show in the 80s and that's sort of pretty much where I got my steer from. Yeah, and, and, and I, but I think it's become a really common, uh, a much more... Uh, common term recently mm. but it's it, oh it, that's what a pock is a what a pock i don't know what that is person of color yes POC. poc um i i have i have trouble with it because i think it sounds mm. weird and it is kind of reductive because it says that it, it 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 divides everyone into the group white people mm. and everyone else and i understand what it was designed fair, white people have been doing that yeah, yeah. since time immemorial but but it uh but that's kind of the problem with it but i think it was designed to include people other than black people mm. in conversations about how awful mm. people were treated um and so and so it's already a complicated term and then i think people just uh, but if you're gonna if you're gonna have a term to describe people who've been mistreated because of their race, you have to cre- you have to create a term that excludes white people because they're the ones that have been doing it. Well, but if that's the only reason you're using that term, that makes sense. But if you're just using it as descriptive, it's kind of it, it kind of doesn't take account of the differences in culture between black people mm. and. Oh, if, you're not, if you're not if you're not using it for that purposes, you should probably use the term person. Is it time to go now? <laughs> it was time to go about half an hour ago. <laughs> I thought you'd take the hint. Of the when I start getting really argumentative, that's when it's it's always... <laughs> You're always argumentative. No, I'm not. Oh. Listener, uh, you can listen to all of our previous episodes at twogrownmen.net. You can uh, contact us on Twitter. I'm Nick Sight. James is... Um, uh, James M-O-N-B. You're not going to make something up. That's the other show. Oh, that's the other show. Yeah. 
because we do another show, don't we? Yeah. Uh, you can talk to us on uh, on Twitter at either of those handles. You can also email us at 2gmpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, obviously you can subscribe to this and listen to it at any uh, podcatcher that you desire. I think what you should do to get the optimum listening experience, burn it onto a disc, mm-hmm. go into an HMV, insist that they play it over the speakers. <laughs> <laughs> it's the optimum listening experience. I think uh, what what you should really do is you should listen, you should, uh, and I'll put it in the show notes, you should go and listen to uh, Tim and Max's uh, first episode. Two young men. Two young men. But uh, it, it age it in your head by about, what, 20 years? Yeah. A piece? Yeah. Uh, 20 years a piece. And, uh, and, Their uh, combined and, and, age is barely one of us. And listen to it in 50 minute chunks. <laughs> 55-minute chunks. Listen to this episode in 55-minute chunks. <laughs> you said you'd like us to do some extra podcasts just in case we can't make it. I think we've got three or four shows in there, haven't we? I didn't mean tonight. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's what she said. <laughs> Finish watching The Office. The American one. Uh, yeah? I like it. Do you, do you, can, you, can, you, uh, can you talk me through how you felt about each season in turn? No, I enjoyed it. And more. give me a little, uh, give me a little profile on each of your favourite characters. I cried a lot, um, and uh, I prefer it to the English Office because it's got some genuine heart and characters I actually care about. And it lasts longer. It's not just that. I so actually, there's more of them. I actually care about the characters in the American Office, where I didn't even really give a monkeys about um, uh, Tim and Jasper Carrot's daughter. Is she Jasper Carrot's daughter? Yeah, I'm sorry, I've forgotten her name. I feel awful identifying her by her white middle class father's name. But I um uh... It's alright. Why I sorry, you were more interested in what Tony Blair had to say than Lee Alexander as well. Yeah, that's true. That's not no, what I was doing there was I'd listen to something relevant, I was relating what I'd heard to what you were telling me about. That's what I was doing. It just so happened to add had to be a man. Lee I'd rather listen to Lee Alexander talk than Tony Blair, because she has started Far fewer unjustified wars. The, that's the trick, though, isn't it? That's the trap. That's the trap we men keep falling into. Is that like it isn't our fault that what, we women, just women want us to start wars? No, it isn't our fault that we just end up hearing more interesting things said by white men in power. That's just the world we live in. I can't. I can't help but feel that you're you're painting a picture of me that I'm not entirely comfortable <laughs> with. I'm painting a picture of all of us. Not all men. Just, Not all men. Just all of the ones in just this the, room. Yeah, just all of the ones sat where I'm sat. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <Bye-bye. laughs> uh-huh.